God's got a reason for your life. Isn't it true? He's got a reason for all of our lives. And God knew that you would be here today to listen to me. Isn't that a great privilege? <laughs> just think that God brought all you people here today just to listen to me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Because if you didn't come, I would have no reason to come here. I love the plan of God that He plans our days and our months and our years. He plans our birthdays. He plans all that. And we're brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. This could be the most exciting day of your life. The most awesome day of your life. You don't know whether you're going to see another day. And nobody got excited about that. <laughs> but I'm just so glad that we're here. And so I'm just going to preach. I won't be long. I'll probably only be, is it a holiday tomorrow? Okay. I'll only probably be about three hours. Is that all right? I mean, you did come to church. For church, isn't that right? You didn't come to church to go home. You come to church for church. Turn around and say to someone, I'm, I'm in on this. I just want to title my message, Live Like a Winner. Live Like a Winner. Live Like a Winner. Two scriptures I want to start with is in Proverbs 11.30. He who wins souls is wise. A wise person is a soul winner. Who wants to be wise? Well, this is the way you get wisdom. He who wins souls is wise. There's people out there that has got your wisdom on their head. And when you win them, that wisdom comes back to you. He who wins those souls out there is wise. That next door neighbor, that doctor, that dentist, that supermarket person, they've got part of your wisdom walking around with you, with them. And the Bible says, if you win those souls, you are a wise person. You gain the wisdom that is invested in them by winning their souls. The next verse is, oh, sorry, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Could we all read this together? Those This is awesome. Those who are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. A person who wins souls is going to be known when we get to heaven. The Bible says they will be shining like stars. They'll be stars. They'll be shining like stars. All those who turn many to righteousness shall be like glowing lights when we get into eternity. 
Who wants to be a star? We can all be stars one day. We mightn't be too, much, too many stars down here. But the Bible says, He who wins souls shall be a star. They'll shine like a star forever and forever and forever and forever. And I want to say today, the most precious commodity, the most valuable asset or commodity in your heart and the mind of our Father God on planet Earth is the soul of every human being. That's the most valuable, the most precious commodity that you have on this planet. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, no matter what they have done or what they're doing right now, all the money or the riches or the knowledge, the wisdom and education that this world has to offer has no comparison to the value or worth of the soul of a single human being in God's eyes. That's awesome. Turn around to the next person and say, you're valuable to God. And you're valuable to me. Especially if you had a bit of a rout with your partner coming. That's a good time to make up in church. I know a lot of people who make up in church, when you're, when you're fighting on the way to church, who fights on the way to church sometimes? Oh, praise God. There's, there's only one person, one and a half. But it's a great time. I was talking to one of the leadership and he said, you know, he said, when me and my wife have a fight, he said, we, we don't, can't sort of get it together. He said, but when we come to the presence of God, I feel her hand reaching across to my hand and I'm reaching across to hers and we go and stand up in the front and everybody thinks we're, we're really spiritual. We're reaching out to God. He said, no, we're standing up there repenting. <laughs> it's a great place to come to repent, isn't it? Hey, eh? It's a good place to be in church. It's the best place to be in church. It's the greatest place to be on a Sunday morning is to be in church with God's people, worshipping with God's people. Amen. So I'm going to talk about six reasons why the soul of man is valuable and precious and priceless in the heart and mind of God. And then I'm going to look at a response to that of how God values the soul of a person and how we must value that too. The first one is Matthew chapter eight, 1, verse 18 to 25. Do we get that up there or do I just... I'll just say... And that's the story of, of, of uh, Mary and the angel coming to Joseph. And um, Joseph was ready to put away Mary. And the angel comes to her, him and says, Listen, that, that holy thing in, you, in her is going to be of the Holy Ghost. He said, But this is the reason why he's coming. He said, I'm sending Jesus. Jesus is coming. And the reason why he's coming is he's going to save his people from their sins. The reason for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, because God the Father saw the value of a human soul. That's the reason. He shall save his people from their sins. You are valuable to God. God saw us in our sin. He sent the Holy Spirit, came and reached into our darkness knew where we were, and he came in there and touched our heart. And because God touched our heart, we responded to the Saviour, and he became our Saviour. But the reason why God sent Jesus Christ was to save the soul of the human. 
And that's the most valuable thing in the heart of God. I pray after I finish with these things, with these six um, items, that we would see how valuable a person is to God. That person walking on the street, that person in the gutter, that person in the pub, that that person who's on drugs, all those people, they are valuable to God because He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for them on the cross, to be their Saviour. Hallelujah. The second reason, I mean, Jesus' mission and mandate was given to Him before He was born. He was born to save souls. Amen? Man's soul was so important. The greatest love ever manifested and demonstrated on planet earth was for the soul of man. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. No greater love than that, than God giving his son for the sake of you and I. The greatest love ever demonstrated. The greatest love ever manifested. No man has seen love like this. John 15, 13 says, Greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Am I screaming? Ada said, you've got to talk slow, Dad. The older you get, you seem to be speeding up. I think I'm speeding up because I can see the end. I feel sorry for people who can't see the end. I can see it. Notice said, no, you just got to slow up, Dad. So I'll try to go slow. Okay, Silla, can you keep it? Just give a nod when I'm going too fast. Romans chapter 5, it says, But God commended his love towards us in that while we were what? Yet sinners, God sent his son. Christ died for us. While, we still, while you were still in your sin, while I was still in my sin, while I was still doing all that yucky stuff, God sent Jesus Christ because He loves us so much. Hallelujah. I am so glad that that God loved me. Love that old chorus, if that isn't love, then the ocean is dry. There's no birds in the sky if that isn't love. The love of God. My wife's preaching on the love of God this morning. She's going to be awesome. She preaches a lot better than what I do. She's more compact and get it together. And Silla's more compact and get it together. I'm getting old now. Everything's just hanging out all over the place. But <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, James, why do you want me to come in? You've got all these young guys and you're still just in your 30s and all this sort of thing. And and you get this old great-grandfather, he's fumbling over everything, but, but praise God, God loves me. God loves you. The greatest love ever manifested to this world, John 3, 16. It's not just a verse which we all rem always remember, but it says, remember that the love of God, the greatest love ever declared on the planet was in John 3, 16. The third reason for the cross was for the cross in Calvary, the reason why Jesus Christ suffered the shame and the pain and the humiliation far and beyond anything that ever any human has ever suffered and will ever have to experience was for the sake of a human soul. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13 and 14. This guy must know the Bible, does he? 
are good. Isaiah 52, verse 13 and 14. You've probably got, I never brought my Bible in today. He's getting it. It's all right. Technology is like that. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Isaiah. Yeah, not technology. Isaiah. 52, verse 13 and 14. Use extending. Oh, it's up there, right? I won't go into that. Let's read it. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled very high. Isaiah 53. His very visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. For he shall sprinkle many nations. Isn't it great to have many nations in here, James? Yes. Eh? God's a multicultural God. Yes. I see it's rather dark over that place. Uh, uh, but we got many nations, okay? Uh, have James... Have James made you all go over that side? <laughs> Why are you all hanging around together? We are black to put a bit of colour in. Hope next Sunday if I come back, or next time I come back, I don't see it really dark over that side. <laughs> it's good to sit amongst other people of a different colour, yeah, who you don't know. Jesus Christ, you know when he come and they said, your mum and dad are outside? And Jesus looked and he said, who is my mother and father? Who is my brothers and sisters? He said, this is my family in here. They're not out there. He said, this is my family in here. And so he cut through all family barriers. He cut through all cultural barriers. He cut through all colour barriers. He cut through all nationality barriers. And he said, this is my family. So next Sunday, spread yourself around. <laughs> Hallelujah. You still love me, eh? When we used to have the church in Tully, a lot of the indigenous used to come and sit in one corner. And I'd say to them, listen, it's going to rain in that side, this thing. Careful. Too many black clouds over there. It could rain in this church this morning. Put yourself in with someone else. Be challenged by someone else. Not, you know, because, hey, listen, could I talk to you? 
We're comfortable being by ourselves, eh? With each other. We're just comfortable. Isn't that right? We love being amongst ourselves. That's why there's a little light that points away here. All black people over this side. Anyway, enough of that, right. For he was wounded for our transgressions, the soul. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 says, everything that Jesus Christ done, he done it for the soul of men. He done it for you and I. That's the value of, the, of a human soul in the sight of God. Could we have that up again, bro, please? And I'll just read through it. I won't comment on everything, but it, to me, Isaiah 53 just shows me how much God Who hath believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and out of a root of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with all our griefs, and, he, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised and we did esteem him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he's the purpose. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's the value of our soul. Chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Keep going, bro. Thank you. We turned everyone to his own way. We've done our own thing. And because of that, the God laid on him the iniquity and the sin of us all. Amen. We're gone. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. He is led as a lamb to the, to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shear is silent, yet he opened not his mouth. A sheep before. He was taken from prison and in judgment. Who will declare his declaration? Generation. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He made his grave with the wicked because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He's the one that put him to grief. When you see his soul an offering, for sin, he shall see his seed, that's you and I. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, 
and he shall bear their iniquities. Jesus Christ went through everything on the cross of Calvary for the sake of your soul and my soul. For the sake of every human soul, Jesus Christ suffered the shame and humiliation of all that. Major Four was a struggle between the will of man and the will of God in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that was in relationship to the soul of man. We all know that with the spiritual, the emotional, the mental pain that Jesus had to endure. Where all of his nervous system began to come under the pressure of the choice and the decision that he was about to make. The Bible tells us that an angel was sent to strengthen Jesus Christ. It says his, his sweat was so thick that his blood began to congeal. His sweat began to congeal and be like blood. And he prayed three times, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup from me. Father, if there's any other way, I don't want to take this way. There was a conflict between the will of man and the will of God. Three times he, play, he prayed. And you know what? The father didn't say a word. And I believe as mature people, sometimes when we grow in God, we have to be big enough to accept that God won't say a word. We've got to be big enough to accept the no's of God as we do the yeses of God. God just said no. No silence. He said nothing. He said, this is my will. I'm not saying anything else about it. The Apostle Paul also prayed three times. And God didn't answer him. And sometimes when there's a conflict between God's will and your will, and you know what God's will is, God won't even have to answer you because you know exactly what you should be doing. Hallelujah. And so God didn't answer his own son. And Jesus said, okay, Father, I'm at this point where it's no longer about me or what is less, less painful for me. It's no longer about my will and what I want. But at this point, where your will must be given priority over my life. And I surrender my will and my mind to you for the sake of you people and me. 2,000 years ago, he's this man, Christ Jesus, had this awesome struggle in the garden for our sakes. That's the value of a human soul. <coughs> Sil, could you just get me a bit of water, please? Reason for the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ is in Ephesians chapter 2. Thanks, Sal. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 7. The reason for the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Let's read it. For you, let's read it. That means we all read it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it means in, in Rocky. <laughs> Could we all read it? Okay, let's read it. You know, sometimes this is the only reading that people have. Anyway, keep going. Let's. 
just, oh, just stop there. Don't get upset with the sinner man or your sinful children or your sinful relatives acting like they act. They are supposed to act like that if they don't belong to Jesus Christ. They got nowhere. They got no other way to act. They're only out, acting out of their, their, their nature that they are. So people say, "Oh, look at that! Aren't they terrible?" No, they can't. They can't help themselves. They're serving a different God. They're not supposed to act like us as Christians. Amen. So you just look, that's the way they're supposed to act. So if someone comes and slaps you up on the weekend, don't get surprised about it. That's how they're acting. They're under their children of wrath. If they go up, if your children go off at you, they're not saved. That's how they're supposed to be. They're children of wrath. They're children of anger. We've got kids that, that hate us. I mean, how could they hate someone so lovely as my wife? But we think that's normal. But when we come to the Lord, we also change our behavior too. Isn't that true? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love. That in the ages to come, in the ages to come, God is going to be demonstrating. He's holding you and I, the church, up as a trophy of His grace, of how the grace of God promoted us to that place. But the ages to come, He's going to continually reveal the magnitude of His grace working in us. Hallelujah. But that's the reason for the resurrection. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ that He would show you off all throughout eternity. Trophies of His grace. And that's the magnitude of how much God loved a human soul. Hallelujah. He'd bring us out of darkness, out of the powers of darkness. We were all guided and directed under the spirit of this world, the spirit of a disobedience. But God, who is rich in mercy, we never got here because of our goodness. We got here because God is rich in mercy. Hallelujah. One more reason, the reason why Jesus Christ had to die and shed his own blood was for the sake of men. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no release from sin. The most precious and valuable asset and commodity in the heart of mind of God is the soul of man. He that wins souls is wise. They that are wise shall shine as the stars forever and ever. Jesus Christ's last word to the man at the cross, to us on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's all done. I've done everything that I needed to be done for mankind. I did everything that was possible for mankind. 
But then he says in Mark's gospel, now it's your responsibility. Now it's my responsibility. He says, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, that's your mandate. That's my mandate. That's every person's here's mandate. Go you into all the world to preach the gospel. And we have a tremendous opportunity. The world is opening to the church. I've never seen it happen so much as in this day and age. The world is opening to the church. They're wanting to know answers. Politicians know, science doesn't have the answer. You and I have the answer. And that answer is Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am everything that everybody needs. And Jesus says, you and I have it. Hallelujah. Turn around and say to someone, I've got it all. Because I've got Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Go you into all your world and win souls. You know, Pastor James, it's a great opportunity to go overseas. Isn't that true? And it's so tremendous. And, um, and it does give you a real sense of joy to be part of what God is doing overseas. And for years, my wife and I, I think for seven years, we went into uh, New Zealand, went into Papua New Guinea, TI, I've been into uh, South Africa. But there's no greater joy when someone who you had shared the gospel in your world comes walking in that church on Sunday morning. Isn't that true? There's no greater joy than someone this church has prayed for and you see them coming in here. You can go overseas and see that's wonderful and that's great, but not everybody's able to go overseas. But everybody's got a world that Jesus Christ has sent them into. And he says, go you into all your world and preach the gospel. The soul of the, the, the value of the souls in your world and everyone in this meeting this morning has a world where there's souls that are lost. And Jesus said, you go into your world and preach the gospel. No greater joy. There was no greater joy. I used to, with the indigenous, they used to live, um, we used to have a house right by the creek. And they used to go down the creek and drink all Sunday, you know, all weekend and week. And sometimes I'd be there and they'd be up on the creek. They'd get up sometime on the bank of the river, and they'd be screaming at me and swearing at me, you goody, goody, black fella. You know, you think you're good. You think you're higher than us. It was no greater joy to see them on Sunday night. Those guys who I knew were down the river drunk Sunday morning come into the church and gave their heart. That was my world. I was thankful for all the people that got saved when we were evangelizing. But I tell you, just one soul walking in that door that I knew that came from my world brought a joy into my heart that was unsurmountable. Hallelujah. And isn't that the truth? When someone from your world that you reached out to them and you brought them into your world and they get saved, that makes you know that I am such a wise person. That's what Jesus, he that wins souls is wise. You walk into that thing and next time you see that person, you want to sit beside them. They're your trophy of grace and you think they're the best thing with sliced bread and they think you're the best thing since sliced bread because you went into your world and won them. Hallelujah. Every one of us has got a world to go in. Isn't that true? Thank God for technology. 
We don't have to go a long way now. All we've got to do is get on the phone. we got um, Facebook. You can go around the world. you got Twitter. you got iPad, iPod. you got all those things. Use that technology for the glory of God. Dumb people use it for, I won't go there. But people who use, Christians who use technology for things that, thank God you can use for things, but use it for the glory of God. Use your phone for a text message. God bless you, bro. Just think, God bless you, my family. Just thinking about you. Just drop those things in. One guy, he, he works in the Catholic schools. He's a PNG guy. And he looks after all their computers from Mackay, Emerald, Longridge. And when he sends something, a message to one of his clients, he just puts John 3.16 on the bottom of it. And they're going to read John 3.16. He said, that's all I, how I witnessed, John 3.16. So we got all this technology that we got. We can use this, what's this, an iPad or iPod or what? IPad. iPad. What's an iPod? Oh, okay. So you got all these eye things. Use these eye things for his thing. <laughs> Amen? Don't get so dinged in this eye thing that it's all about you. Isn't it true? We can get people sitting beside each other, young people sitting beside each other, texting each other. <laughs> you get five young guys in a car and they're all on the telephone. Why don't they talk to the guys that are in the car? See, there's all this I thing coming in, but use it for the glory of God. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, come down from Him. And we can use this stuff. Hallelujah. Use Facebook, use Twitter. Use whatever other thing that's available. Use it for the glory of God. Use it to win souls. Hallelujah. So when you send a message, put a scripture on the end. God loves you and I love you too. Jesus died for you and I'm, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to see you come into the kingdom. Use technology. Amen. We're, we're so glad for all this stuff. Isn't that true? Now you don't even have to bring your Bible to church. They t- put it all up there. You don't, you've got it all in your phone. We've got everything at our fingertips, but this is our hour to win souls. Hallelujah. God is setting this whole thing up for you to win souls. He's brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, church, you've got to know where your world is. That world could be in the supermarket. That world could be in your school. That world could be in the boarding field. That world could be, your world could be anywhere you go where there's unsaved people. That is your world. Hallelujah. You know, seven years ago, my kidneys collapsed. That was seven years, James. I was just thinking about it. And since that time, I go, what, 15 hours a week, 60 hours a month, 60 hours a month, 12 months, that's 720 hours a year. Seven years is about 4,000 times, 5,000 times a year, seven years I've had to go to the hospital. Over 5,000 times in the last seven years. I could complain. But God told me, this is 
the world that you're going into, and you need to win souls in that world. A lot of these people in that world, they're old now, and they see that that's the end of the road, and they're not going to go anywhere else. But this is the time where you're in there. I prayed and believed God for healing. I had people laid on me for healing and still haven't been healed. But that doesn't mean that it's stopping me from going into my world three times a week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year, seven years. And since that time, I've seen four people saved. And I think four people's souls for the sake of 15 hours a week, 60 hours a month, 5,000 hours overall is nothing compared for one soul. That's the value of the human soul. Everything that you and I put out is nothing in value in comparison to one human soul. The most important asset on this planet when you leave this place is the soul of that person you pass on another. When you go to the supermarket after here, when you walk around in the supermarket, those people got your wisdom on their head. He that wins souls is wise. Who wants to be winners? Who wants to be wise? There's souls out there waiting for you. The Bible says what? God has brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. This is his time that you brought, God's brought you in. But the most precious commodity, the most valuable commodity is the soul of a human. Hallelujah. You can have all the money, all the education, all the wisdom, and we thank God for all that. But there's nothing will compare with one soul. And the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. And those that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the sun, as the stars, forever and forever and forever. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Maybe there's somebody here that doesn't realize how valuable they are to God and how much God loves you and how precious you are in God's sight. But this morning you're here and you haven't given yourself to the person who sees more value in you than what you'd ever see. And you're here today you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. You're not saved. You don't see, you haven't seen the value that you are to God. Unless you see the value that you are to God, you won't see your own true value. But you're here this morning and you say, yeah, I want to give my life to God. Just raise your hands. There's anybody here, I don't want to miss anybody. There's anybody here who has not yet given their life to Jesus Christ. Boy or girl, man or woman, you haven't seen your own value in God. You haven't. Maybe there's someone here that's backslidden today, but you want to come again and say, yeah, I need to rededicate my life to the one 
who sees value in me. I want to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here this morning? Just raise your hands quickly. Anybody on this side? Haven't given your life to Jesus Christ? You're all saved. That's wonderful. If you haven't, this would be an opportunity. 2017. There's anybody in this side? Haven't given your life to Jesus Christ? This could be your opportunity. You might know God, but you never gave your life to him. Is anybody in this row that haven't given your life to Jesus Christ? This row here. Anybody here hasn't given your life to Jesus Christ? What a tremendous opportunity this morning. Then I can only assume you're saved or you don't want to be saved. But I could ask you all to raise your hands. I asked Pastor James, could I do this? And I just want to give you a mandate and a commission to go into your world when you leave this place. Maybe start today, maybe tomorrow, but maybe the Holy Ghost will lead you to someone. But you'll step out of yourself, step out of your fear and believe God. And I commission you, I commission this church in Jesus' name to go and win souls. In Jesus' name, I commission you, I command you in Jesus' name as you go into the supermarkets, as you go amongst your friends, as you go into the sporting field, as you go into the schools, as you go into your workplace, see the value of that human soul in there who you're with, you're working with, you're shopping with, you're playing with. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I release an anointing upon this church, a soul-winning anointing. Father, we thank you for what you're doing, for the souls that you're bringing in, Lord, and for the people who are soul winners. But Father, we all want to win souls. We want to use whatever is available to us in our gift and our talents. We want to use it for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.